0: Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 34 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. I am your host, Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six figure level. Or the part time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find detailed show notes of this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 34. Today's episode is part two of a two part interview that I conducted with my good friend Pete Savage from expandyourself.com. If you haven't yet listened to last week's episode, which is episode 33, You really need to do that first because that episode is what really sets the stage. And this last section of it, this last part of the interview is a continuation of last week's show and the material today won't make a whole lot of sense. If you start in the middle of our discussion, so you can go to that episode at B2Blauncher.com forward slash episode 33, check that out first, and then come back here. If you're joining us after having listened to last week's show, I wanted to remind you of kind of where we left off. So the premise of this discussion is that I think all of us have been in, in a situation at least once, usually many times in our lives and in our businesses where you try so hard to achieve a certain result, to launch your business, to land that first client, to get to that certain income level, uh, to land that high profile client that you've been chasing for months or years. And it it seems like no matter how hard you try, you can't seem to get there. You followed all the formulas, you've toiled day and night, you know, you've given it all you've got And you got nothing to show for it. You don't have the result or you don't have the full result that you want. So the question is, what's going on here? You've played by the rules. You really feel that you've done your very best. You've worked your tail off. And yet you haven't achieved that result. So what I approached Pete about was that very question. And that's exactly how I explained it to him. What's going on here? Is there a spiritual side to achieving something big? And I knew that the answer was yes, but Pete had some really amazing insights into that question, and that's what I've asked him to share with us. So again, this is part two. I really, really urge you to listen to this all the way through. Keep an open mind. You may not agree with everything, but take what you agree with. You know, run with whatever rings true to you. Anyway, enjoy the rest of this episode, and I'll come back to you at the end with some announcements. All right, folks, so I'm back here with Pete Savage for part two of our discussion, and um, hey, Pete, how are you?
1: Yeah, good. I'm, I'm really glad to be back.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's great to have you back. This is too important a topic to uh, just kind of cut it short, so I figured, hey, let's just break it up into two parts. And just to kind of remind everyone what we're talking about, if you haven't heard part one of this, I, I urge you to just stop right now and, and go back to that first. It's, it's going to make... Much more sense if you if if do so. We covered some very important uh, items there. But here's the premise, and here's why I invited Pete in here. It's basically the idea that, you know, uh, we all do this, we work hard towards a goal, we've all been here, and um, for some weird reason, we're just not getting the results we wanted. We've worked as hard as we think we can, and we've we've followed everything by the book. We've followed the strategy, the plan, the framework, the roadmap, and it's just not happening. So what is it? Is it going to require even more, some kind of Herculean effort? And the answer is that there's got to be a spiritual component to all this. Um, And at some point, you have to kind of resign yourself to the fact that, you know, you've done everything you can and now you have to turn things over to a very different dimension that's within your graphs. So Pete, I don't know, is that, is that a good explanation of kind of what we're, we're dealing with here, what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, I think it is. I think it's bang on. Um, it's like you said, be, be a lot easier for people to jump in midstream if they uh, want to go and listen to the call prior to this, but they can, you know, th- th- that's, a, that's a great setup for what we're going to do here on the
0: call. Perfect. And, and what Pete's doing, he's been addressing this is instead of with a bunch of tip number one, tip number two, what he's asking is a series of self-diagnostic questions, things that you can ask yourself to really get you thinking about some very important uh, uh, strategies or ideas to, to think about. So, uh, Pete, I'll let you take it over from here, buddy.
1: Yeah, Awesome. So, so we're going through the list of questions and, um, here's the next one to kick off this call question that you want to ask yourself. So if you find yourself looking at a situation uh, in your business specifically for the subject of this call that you don't like, like not having the clients you want. Um, and then, you know, you're feeling the feelings of frustration and despair and anxiety over that. Um, you know, what's happening is you're, you're letting your outer circumstances, and not your vision of what you want to have happen, influence your thoughts and your feelings on the subject. So the question to ask yourself is just the question version of that, which is, am I letting my outer circumstances and not my vision of what I want to see happen influence my thoughts and feelings about this situation? And The reason this is important is if you don't have a strong, established vision of of the outcome you want to see, then you're always going to be in reaction mode. You're always going to be reacting to what's going on. That's going to stimulate the same old feelings, responses, ways of dealing with it that you have in the past. It's going to be really hard to break through. But if you have vision of the solution you want to see and you're getting in touch with that regularly. Um, that is going to help guide you in terms of the thoughts and actions that you want to enact. And I'll give a couple examples in a minute, but does that make sense, Ed?
0: I, I think so. Uh, um, I think with the examples, it might help clarify that a little further because that's, that's kind sure. of mind-blowing. <laughs> Thought. Yeah,
1: so let me, let me, because of that, let me rephrase the question, or re, restate the question again, and then I'll go through the example. So the question I want you to ask yourself is, am I letting my outer circumstances, so my current circumstances, and not my vision for the outcome that I want, influence my thoughts and feelings about this scenario? So here's a couple of examples of people who didn't do that. They did it the right way, uh, the way that affected change in their lives. This is the first one's just a just a mind blower of an example. It's super powerful. Um, I highly recommend this book by an author called Joseph Murphy, "The Power of Your Subconscious Mind." It's called. I think it it's like 1963 or 64. This book it, it's amazing. I read a ton of stuff in this in this field. This book is incredible. There's a st- and it's filled with stories, which is great. Um, one story really stood out for me. It's a story of of, uh, of a prisoner who escaped from a camp in uh, concentration camp in Poland and um, during the war. And uh, the 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 way the story goes is that this one prisoner he was in, as you can imagine, very high security. Um, tightly guarded prison camp and um, he refused to let his current situation influence his thoughts and feelings about what was going on he would always hold he had this vision this dream I'm going to escape from this prison imagine having the mental fortitude to think about this circumstance but as an aside but His approach was, I'm going to escape from this prison and live the rest of my life in America. It was his dream to go to America and spend the rest of his days there. And he held on to this vision and held on to this vision in the middle of what I think we can all just, I mean, we can't even imagine what that must have been like. Here's how this played out. He didn't sit and plot his escape. He just held on to the vision. And one day, the prisoners were lining up for work duty. And I think they were going to be transported to... um, some place to do some hard labor or taken outside the prison. Somehow they were assembled um, and and going to be assigned to this work duty. And as they were assembled before this was to take place, the the guard went down the row of prisoners and started counting them. They always did a head count before the day's work. And then upon return to the camp, um, they would do the head count, you know, to make sure obviously no one has escaped. Well, prisoner was count or the the guard was counting the prisoners and and to the left of the or to the right of this prisoner the guard pointed and said 17 and then he got caught and then he um he pointed to the prisoner and said 18 and then he got called aside by another guard so he got distracted he went over came back and started the count on the wrong prisoner so he resumed the count at eighteen, but he he assigned eighteen now to the prisoner to this uh, to this prisoner that we're talking about to his left. So to, to clarify that a little bit, when the when the when the um, guard had finished counting, because he got interrupted at eighteen and came back on the wrong prisoner at eighteen, there were two eighteens gotcha. So when when they went for work, so. The prisoner said, well, this is my, my God, this is my opportunity. When they went for work duty, he knew that if he left, when he, when the, when the crew came back after work duty, they'd do a head count, and there would be the same number. Because let's say that the, um, in actual fact, let's say there were 25 uh, prisoners going to do the work duty, well, the guard counted and recorded 24 so this was so he could escape while on work duty, and when they came back, the guard would do a count, and it would still be twenty-four. If I explain that right, you oh, should yeah. follow? So, up. Yeah. So
0: it would give him much more time to get away. Exactly.
1: So I mean, how could you ever plan something like that to happen? You couldn't. And as the story goes, if if you want to read the book, um, that's when he took his opportunity to escape. He just he he escaped while on work duty. And he knew that he'd have an enormous um, window of time before they even recognized that he was gone. And as the story goes, he ended up living in America. He tell, tells, tells you about the, the series of events that led him to get there. Wow. <laughs> and it, but, and, and what, as you read a book like that and, and have a story like that, what comes through to me is exactly what you said on last week's call, Ed, is that he didn't sit and plot the how, you know? You're right. If he had told someone, I'm going to escape, <laughs> the first question might have been, well, how are you going to do that, right? Yeah. He, he wasn't concerned about that. Um, the next example, this is one probably a lot of people have heard of, but um, this is about Jim Carrey, and he told this on Oprah. And um, he said that when he was down and out uh, actor in uh, in in L.A., he would... He would, he would drive up to Mulholland Drive, look down on the city, and he'd visualize people in the industry um, who he respected. He'd visualize them coming to him and um, giving him compliments on his work. And he also wrote himself a check for $10 million, and he dated it for um, like three years out from that date. And he tells the story that just before that three years was up, he signed on to make the movie Dumb and Dumber, and he was going to be paid $10 million for that. And he told this story in 1997 on The Oprah Winfrey Show.
0: I love that. <laughs> I remember that. And There was another element to that story, another uh, a part where you remember he was um, – well, you we can say he was, he was in love, but he was very attracted to his co-star not the other guy but the right. uh, the uh the girl who he was chasing in in the movie and uh because he had seen her, she was a soap opera I forget her name soap opera star, and he had seen her for years lauren and he, Holly,
1: i think yeah.
0: lauren Holly that's it um she ended up being his co star and they met they started a relationship, and they eventually got married yeah, I remember that um uh, that, see, see these. I mean, again,
1: we talked about the the, the athlete analogy before. When you hear this story, uh, suddenly it's like inspirational, and and you 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 can kind of jive with it, and you think, oh, that's a great story. And then, but we somehow sometimes have a hard time applying that in our life. And and another very very quick example is um, another actor, Cary Grant, who was you know many people say is the the ultimate. Um, the, the ultimate leading man, man actor in the, in the history of the movies. But um, if you've ever seen any Cary Grant movies, he just has this suave, larger-than-life persona. And um, his real name is Archie Leach, <laughs> he said, um, talking about his career and how Cary Grant came to be the character that he is. And he just said, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be, and I finally became that person. Or he became
0: me. <laughs> it was
1: just holding
0: on to that vision. You know, it's... Uh, uh, th- let me just take this down to everyday life too, to Pete, because yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting chills just listening to these stories. And, and they are inspirational, no doubt. But I don't think we realize that we're doing this every single day, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Right? Right. I just drove my little guy to his school this morning, right before this interview. And what did it take for me to realize that act, for me to get him to school safely and get back home safely? Uh, I had to visualize, whether I knew it or not, I was visualizing taking him to school, um, his teacher getting him from the car in carpool, me saying, I love you, buddy, and just you know, have a good day, and then just driving home. And then having, right, we do this with everyday little things, but we don't think about it. We don't attach all this emotion. It's like, oh, my gosh, I really hope this happens. And, you know, what if it doesn't? You know, what if my car stalls? Um, it just, we, we don't, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to something big, right, and big is relative, um, for some reason, we become, we treat it differently, yeah. And fear creeps in.
1: Yep. That's right. Fear creeps in. And, and it's funny, we have no problem getting emotionally charged and all hung up on, on fear and anxiety. Um, but it's really hard to step back and, and look at the situation and, and get emotionally charged with better feelings about it, feelings of a better outcome. And then that's why it's so important to ask yourself these questions, and in particular, a question like, you know, are the outer circumstances influencing my thoughts and feelings, or is it my vision? And you know, if if you haven't sat, and we talked about this on the last call, if if you're kind of wavering, you're not really sure, um, or you can't like turn on your vision of what it is you want to see happen. You need to sit down and, and do this on a regular daily basis so that what's going on in your mind becomes just as visceral and emotionally charged in a good way as as the outer as as the sort of physical reality that's going on around you that you're living every day. True. So here's the next question um I want people to consider. And this really is, I mean this is a leap, okay? I understand this is going to be a leap. And if you haven't listened to the ladder, so the the rungs, the four rungs of the ladder that we talked about on um, the beginning of the first, I highly recommend that you do that because this is going to require some, you're going to be a need to hanging around on the fourth rung of the ladder for this story. So the question is, have you considered the fact, so ask yourself this, have you considered the fact that something that you want not happening is just one probability in a field of potential outcomes? Let me ask that again. Have you considered the fact that this not happening is just one probability in an infinite field of potential outcomes? And to set that up, to kind of bring some... um, That's kind of a, you know, this gets into the notion of um, talking about quantum physics and and all that sort of stuff. And, and, um, but the best example to kind of help illustrate this, this way of thinking, it's another Greg Braden example. And, um, you know, I haven't read all his stuff and, you know, he's not like this hugely um, influential author to me personally, but I, I have seen some really, I've seen him speak and I've read, read some really cool things um, that he's put out there. And what I like about him is, is he takes kind of this um, approach where he kind of translates everything into, the, you know, the benef- benefiting humanity. And he brings his science background. He kind of melds the ancient t- traditions with scientific um, thinking. Anyways, there's this, here's the, here's the quote crazy stuff. There's a video on YouTube you can find. It's of a it's of a medicineless hospital in China. Um, you may have seen this ad, but if not, you can you can search for it. And they're treating it's it's showing a um, uh, what we would call an operation treating a tumor in real time. It's like a three or three and a half minute uh, video where they show like a live ultrasound on one side of the screen, and then they show a static ultrasound, a picture of a tumor in someone's I think it's their abdomen, and in this. Um, Video, the, uh, the patient is, um, is, is in a room. It's like it's, it's in a hospital. And there's a doctor there and there's some other practitioners around them. And they're holding their hands over the patient, um, in the area where the tumor is, and they begin this procedure. Now, this is, when you watch this, it's like, what? Like, this is crazy. I'm telling you, be prepared for this story. You see this tumor over an elapsed period of three, three and a half minutes, shrink down into nothing.
0: Oh, I have not seen this.
1: <laughs> you got to check this out. you got to check this out. Now, you know, this is alarm bells, I'm sure, going off me of the media's mind, or listeners, goes, what? This is bunk and all this stuff. Okay, just suspend that for one second. Whether you believe this or not is not really the point of this, of this story, but I just want to talk about it. Um and, and so it's, 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 um, this is part of some of the stories and the research that uh, Greg Braden is is telling in this. This is a particular, I think it's a PBS special or something. But anyways, um, what he's saying is, how does this happen? And he uses what I think are perfect words to describe this. He says, these practitioners, for them, this is just second nature to them. This is just what they, this is how they treat. And, and for the patient... Um, the patient is just, you know, visualize or, you know, thinking about themselves being in a healthy state. It's a very different perception in terms of disease that, than we have in the Western culture. And what he's saying is the people who, who are the practitioners there who are, who are doing this procedure, they're not looking at the tumor and saying, bad cancer tumor. You have to go away um, and trying to force it out of the body this is where it gets a big uh, leap in, in consciousness, leap in understanding or, or awareness or willingness, is that they're holding in their mind the image of the patient in a healthy body. Huge, huge difference in how you think about that. Subtle difference,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but really life-changing. They're not focused on the problem to try and fix the problem. They recognize that this issue of a tumor being there is just one probability in an infinite field of probabilities where there are infinite potential outcomes and so they're focused they're choosing a different outcome they're all focused including the patient on choosing a healthy body they're visualizing that they're holding on to that feeling and how he explains that is they're drawing the manifestation of the healthy body in from somewhere beyond who knows. We don't know. So they're turning on that new possibility.
0: Well, this is, goes back to the first question that uh, you asked uh, in, in last week's call, which is, Are you have I been problem-focused or solution-focused? It speaks to that as mm-hmm. well, right? So they're it not does. talking and they're not focused on the problem they're focused also on a, um, on a solution,
1: yeah, on a healthy and it, outcome. And, you know, we should address, I don't just want to just leave that um, there because we, we should address this thing about, the, about this tumor, you know, vanishing before we leave this point. Like I know this sounds unbelievable that you could get rid of a tumor in, in a matter of minutes. And, you know, um, I, I actually don't think there's anything wrong about being skeptical of something like that. But personally, I, I think it's only of benefit to you, if your skepticism leads you to further exploration, and and until you find more things that satisfy, um, what what you're looking to reconcile or or to believe, but you know, I think that personally, Ed, I think that like twenty years from now, maybe earlier, this kind of thing, which can seem unbelievable or at least unexplainable, will be seen as commonplace. I mean. Look at something like the placebo effect, you know, um, where you have patients in studies given a sugar pill and, and their symptoms go away to the same degree as people who are given a course of medicine to treat the issue. And no one questions the placebo effect anymore,
0: you know? You're right. And I always point to that. It's one of those things that you don't hear about a lot, but that in, of, in and of itself is huge proof that what you really believe deep down inside will become a reality. Because of the percentage of the placebo, effect, it's huge. It's not like 5%. And I forget what the numbers yeah. are. But they're, they're significant when they're told, take this, you will be cured. And in the yeah. test group, is um, it is cured. I want to say 20%. Yeah, it's it's and and the 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 inst- the reaction when we think about
1: something like that is is to dismiss it or to say, well, I'm not really gonna take that on board in my life because I don't really know how that happened. I can't define how it happens. Well, you know, some of the greatest scientists in the world, like Einstein, for example, um, you know, Thomas Edison, they have said that there are there are and they spent their lives studying <laughs> trying to figure out things that we haven't figured out. And and even they have concluded that there are things that we just don't understand. We just can't explain yet. And I think, like, isn't it funny how new understandings come into our world, and when they first do, they seem unbelievable, and and then eventually they get... Except it is commonplace. Like, if you've ever flown on an airplane, you're doing something that most people thought was impossible or insane not that long ago. And I yeah. think it's, it's wise to remember that. Like, popular opinion has many times been shown to be wrong in the end. The world is flat. You can't build a heavy machine that can fly through the air. Those are, those are things that were completely outside the realm of logic, understanding, and, and were proven to be
0: wrong. So true. So true. So I think it's important to at least accept that, look, even if it sounds completely unbelievable, um, you know, you might not be in a place right now. I know I wasn't a few years ago where I could accept some of these things as is truth. Just like when they finally discovered that the world is not flat. I'm sure a lot of people said, well, I I still don't believe you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's flat for me. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's now go, that was like an extreme you know, example and, and maybe we lost some people thinking, I don't, just don't believe that. Well, let's get into something really cool and very practical now, um, which is looking at your inner beliefs about, about things and how they can influence what's actually happening outside of you, um, primarily by influencing your behavior. And so this isn't one question to ask yourself. This is actually a methodology that I've used many times Um, I've modified it a little bit and put a little bit of a twist on it, but I think it's, um, super powerful. So I think it's worth spending time talking about it on the call. And it's called, um, it's based on the option method by Bruce, uh, Bruce DeMarceco. And it's, um, just a series of very, really worded questions that, that, that are meant to bring about your deeply held beliefs. So you can look up option method or, um, Bruce to Marcico, if you want to learn more about this and where this came from. But I think it's really good to go through what these questions are. So the first question you would ask yourself is, what are you unhappy about? Or you would substitute the word unhappy with um, whatever the feeling is that you want to address. So if you're looking about, let's say you're feeling scared about getting new business. Question number one would be, what are you scared about? And then your answer, and you can do this for yourself, um, the answer is, well, I'm feeling scared about getting new business. If you want, you could write this down. Question two is, why are you scared about this issue? And this question gets you to lay the reason for your feeling out on the table. And usually it's very answer this question we we have a reason for this on our hair trigger like you can instantly fire it off because this question why are you scared about this issue this really asks you for the justification in your own mind about why you feel the way you feel and so we're always justifying our feelings constantly so it's usually really easy to get to this answer.
0: So let's say, Pete, that it's it's the oh my gosh, you know, I haven't been able to get the clients that I need to support myself financially. Um, I'm really scared about that. Well, why are you scared? Okay, well, I'm scared because I I don't know if I can pay my bills and I may have to go get a a job.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect, perfect answer to that. And you can see how quickly you could come up with the reason for why you're scared, right? Because oh, yeah. it's, you're, it's, it's, you're living it every day.: Because I've been there, buddy.: Oh yeah, <laughs> well, me too, bro, we all have. <laughs> um, the next no, question number three, this is the turning point. This, then, is gold to this whole process, and the question is: what are you concerned would happen? If you weren't scared about that, and this is a brain twister of a question, intentionally, this usually gets someone to go, huh? Can can you repeat that? I didn't get that. So that was, I want to read. That
0: was my reaction.
1: Yeah. So so let this sink in a little bit. And if you're if you're listening, maybe you'll write this down. What are you concerned would happen if you weren't scared about that? And it's getting you to to look within and find out why are you hanging on to this feeling. And, you know, the person might say, well, if if I wasn't scared about this, then, you know, I guess I wouldn't care enough to go out and get new business. Mm -hmm. And this is where I put something in that it's an extra little step in the questioning approach, which I call statement. And I think it's very important that you, you get what you just said, you get your answer to this question, and you get it down to an equals statement and you write it down so you can look at it. So let's, let's, let's go back and go very slowly so we can go through this. If someone was, if, um, if I was leading someone through this, I would say, so another way of saying what you just said, remember, let's say the person's answer was, uh, if I wasn't scared about this, then I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't care enough to go out and get new business. So then I would say, okay, so another way of saying exactly that is that feeling scared will lead to you getting new business. That, that's what you said. That's just another way of saying what you said. And so what you're saying is, let's try and get this into an equal statement so you can see this on paper. What you're saying is feeling scared equals getting new business. Okay, And that's when usually a light bulb goes off. The person is that equal statement. They've translated their limiting belief that's inside them into an equal statement. And they look at that and say, I've done this to myself many, many times on, on issues that I've wanted to look at. And I've uncovered a limiting belief. Like, I've been running around with the belief that feeling scared equals getting a new business, let's say. And the next question is, do you really believe that? And and 90% of the time, the person will say, no, (laughs) that that doesn't make sense. And it's kind of like this release of like, my God, I've been operating from a place of fear and being scared because I think I need that motivation of fear to go out and get new business. You follow that so far?
0: I think so. So it's kind of like a Pavlov dog situation where you associate two different things that are not really, or I guess they could be related, but only because you're associating them.
1: Yeah, because you believe them. And, And if it's still vague or if it's, you know, if the light bulb hasn't gone on for, for, for you as you're doing this process for yourself or for the person, then the next question is, there's two more questions that, that, that can be optional. The next question is, why do you believe that? So let's look at that equal statement. Feeling scared equals new business. And then the question number four was, do you really believe that? And, you know, the person might say, or you might say, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I, yes, I believe that. And then, so the next question is, why do you believe that? And that can be the point where you get really introspective, and, and, and you can say, well, why do I believe that? Well, I guess it's how I grew up, you know? My mom or dad always talked about their worries about not having money, let's say. So I guess I learned that money is something that you have to be worried about. And then, so you, you would create an equal statement for that. Okay, so what you're saying is being worried is how you get money. Being worried equals having enough money. You see, you're linking these emotions up.
0: That are not related, really. I mean, they're, exactly. not, they're not, it's not a cause and effect.
1: Exactly. But you believe they are because you pick that up somewhere along, along your life. And then you could ask, so the final question might be, because the, the whole idea is to get to the notion of why, why you're not willing to move away from this belief, why you're holding on to it. So you might say, what are you concerned would happen if you didn't believe that? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that can be the point where you might say, well, you know, if I didn't follow, if I let go of that belief, if I didn't believe that worrying is how you get more money, then I guess I'd feel bad because I'd be forming my own view about money, which is different from what my parents believed. You know, you can see how, this can get really deep, really quick. You can start off with, "I'm worried about getting a new like I'm feeling scared about getting a new client. Like the pressure's in on me. I got to pay my bills." And by going through this questioning process, you can get down to, "Man, this is an old belief of mine that when it comes to money, you got to worry. You got to hold on to worry." And I've been holding on to that for 30 years. Someone might say because I felt scared to go against what I picked up from my parents in terms of beliefs about money.
0: I love that. It's it so true. Yeah, you know, my, my coach, uh, Pelic Top, uh is known for saying, well, you know, you choose the stories that you want to tell yourself. And, you know, I'll, I'll explain and he'll keep questioning me about something and I'll explain my reasoning. Mm-hmm. And he'll just say, well, that's a really interesting to- story you're telling yourself. <laughs> and, and by he's not really poking fun at it, but he is – Kind of putting it in a different perspective and saying, "Well, that sounds like something. I mean, that's an Oscar-winning movie right there." And he just made all that up. I mean, it had fireworks and everything. (laughs) That's that's great. But that's what's going on, and all of us do this, you know, in in our business. All of us do this.
1: Yeah, and you know that particular technique, getting to an equal statement, for me. Um, That's just been really, really helpful. Now, you might try this technique and and not get there. You know, a listener might try this and not work for them. No one solution that we're talking about on these calls is going to be the right one for everyone. In my experience, though, this one has been super powerful because, you know, for this exercise in particular, it forces you to look honestly at yourself. You, you set aside some time to go through those questions. You're not going to be interrupted. You can't run and distract yourself from the pressures of the day. It forces you to look within, and that's the whole point of these two calls, right, is to look within to find out what might be causing some of these circumstances that you want to change. Absolutely. And, you know, just before we go to the next one, it, I mean, as you challenge your old beliefs and, and you see how, Absurd they might be, or how they no longer serve you, and they begin to fall away. Um, your, your reality starts to shift because you begin to think and act and feel in ways that are different from those long-held beliefs, and that can be really distorted, or really disorienting, or scary. And um, you can feel disoriented. You can feel scared about that. It's normal. It's just a sign that changes are afoot. Yes. So the next question. Um, is to ask yourself have you fully embraced the idea that there are forces outside of you that can help you it's a really simple question you've got to get really honest like all of them and it's pretty self-explanatory there's no trick to this it's about being honest with yourself a quick way to test yourself on this if you rush to action, if you always find that you're rushing to action, then that's a sign that you think you have to do everything yourself. And this is about before you rush to action, just look up or look around and and, and realize that there's other things in place, other forces that you can't see that that can help you if you're willing to ask for that help. And there's a great quote by Abraham Lincoln that I think is a great metaphor for this. And he says, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. <laughs> it's such a great quote. And, it, and And to me, you know, applying it to this, I mean... You can spend your whole day swinging at the tree with a, with a dull instrument, but if you, if you sharpen your axe, so to speak, if you get into the right mindset, if you get in touch with that higher intangible force, power, source, God, whatever you call it, that can help you, that can work behind the scenes with you, then the, if, you, if you take the time to do that first, then the action that you take It's going to be easier and more focused and ultimately way more effective. Does that resonate with you? Does that make sense?
0: It absolutely does. And this is something that I have traditionally struggled with and I've gotten a lot better at it. But my personality is such that um, I put a huge burden on myself and about working harder. Well, I didn't try hard enough, which speaks to the, the whole reason we're having this discussion. I didn't try hard enough, and it's next time I need to try harder, be smarter, think about it more, plan better. And the fact is that there comes a point where you have to really give in to this idea that you you can't do it all. And many of us, I think, reach that point where we're absolutely exhausted mm-hmm. and we're ready at that point. Well, look, I can't do anything more. You know, God or the universe, please help me because... I'm done. And, and yeah. it's funny when I've gotten to that point, it shouldn't really take that for me to get to that point. It should be more of a habit, but i Pete. I'm sure you've been there, right? When you get to that point, there's this feeling of relief. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, I just finally turn this over to a higher power and I'm done yeah. and I'm done. And even though the solution hasn't come yet, the resolution, you feel a sense of peace in what happens is when I suddenly get into that state, things become, things start to, um, the issue starts resolving itself.
1: Hey, absolutely. So well said. So well said. You, you, you basically surrender, and not surrender in the fact that, you know, you give up and say the war is over, and I'm done and I lost. You just, you surrender your old approach To trying to force it to happen.
0: Yes. There's a uh, great um, hymn uh, in the Christian church called I Surrender All, Um, and it has nothing to do with religion or what you believe. It's a very powerful statement um, that crosses all religious boundaries, Um, and and it, it speaks to this whole thing, and I don't know the exact words, but it's a beautiful, beautiful song about just letting go and you know what, but, you know, I think the point here though, Pete is it shouldn't get to that point where you're completely exhausted. Like you said, with the Abraham Lincoln quote, you should start there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes, you know, some, it takes an effort on a daily basis. First of all, you got to buy into, yeah, you know what, this is making sense. And then secondly, you gotta, you gotta, um, change the way you're doing things in the course of your daily activities so that you start to integrate some of that so we've covered a lot of we've come at this from a lot of different angles I just have one more ask yourself question to go through if we we still have time absolutely let's go for it. okay so the final question I would say um, ask yourself is have I let my subconscious go to work on it and um, you know it's 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 you, you can find this, if you start to do some research on conscious mind and the subconscious mind, is that, is that science thinks that the subconscious mind drives about 95% of our actions and that the conscious mind drives 5% of our behavior. So the, the strange thing about that, though, is when we're trying to intellectually force and plan every step of the way, we're using that conscious mind... Um, to start behavior, to, to do certain things. And that's where things like, you know, um, you can run into things like procrastination and things feel like it's just not working and, you know, the, the frustration, and I'm trying this, it doesn't feel right. <clears throat> but that's because there's those, there's those beliefs held in your subconscious that are really calling the shots. And that's why some of these exercises are good to kind of get in touch with those so you can let go of those. But another way to address those um, is with affirmations. And affirmations are a way that you can change um, those beliefs that are in your subconscious. And, and you know, I see a lot of um, people kind of dismissing um, affirmations and saying, you know, they don't work or they, they feel like a lie or something, you know, if I'm looking at, if I'm looking in the mirror and saying, you know, I'm really happy about my healthy, thin body. And meanwhile, I'm, you know, 40 pounds overweight, that feels like a lie to me. And, you know, the, it should, it should feel weird. It should feel like you're not telling yourself something that you can easily accept because you're trying to install a new belief. And, and I was skeptical that, you know, saying these words would just somehow work um there's a great book if you want to dive into that is the first i would say you know personal development book i ever properly read it's called what to say when you talk to yourself and it's by an author named shad helmstetter he talks a lot about affirmations in there and he, he calls it self-talk but basically um w- where it started to click for me was there is a there's a there's a business writer, a very well-known one, someone that you and I both know, at a very popular business writer. I'm not going to say her name because she doesn't know, you know, she hasn't given me permission to to tell the story. But um, this person once told me that she used recorded affirmations and it totally changed her business. And what she would do, would, would she would take this this statement, but she wouldn't just recite it or write it down. She recorded it and then would play it on, her iPod or whatever, listen it to her. Uh, listen through the day when she's vacuuming, or listen at night, or when she's working out. Listening to her own voice, giving a, a new, basically installing a new belief into her subconscious. And I can tell you, at the time she told me the story, she was earning more than me when she told me. So I, I took note and made a note that hmm, there might be something to this. And I have actually um, recorded affirmations for myself, just personal things I want to do, and um, I, I play them, I let them play, um, I always have my iPod with me, when I have a spare moment, I pop it in, it's just something I do, and they change, in my experience, they change the way you react to situations. Over time, they can really be effective in changing the way you approach your life. That's been my experience. So I, I can't say, I can't get into a call like this without that you at least entertain the idea of affirmations.
0: I will add something to this, Pete, and this is something that's made affirmations practical for me, um, and I've gotten away from the habit, so this is a great reminder for me that I need to get back into it. I used to do a lot of affirmations when I was in sales and I was in the car all day long, and it was just a great time for me because I was <laughs> I was running scared half the time. <laughs> I was thrown to the wolves and, and put in these territories that were just uh, downright scary uh, because of the results that were expected of me. And uh, one thing that I've learned over the years is the affirmation itself is a start. But to make it really powerful, I found that I had to find myself a quick win of some sort. It it didn't matter. It would be like somebody finally said, okay, great. Can you quote this for me? You know, I'm not promising anything, but can you Mm -hmm. go ahead and give me this quote on, you know, all this material? and it was such a breakthrough for them to at least give me the opportunity that I would now couple the affirmation with that feeling of oh my gosh I just got myself a little but huge win in a way yeah and now it start make it, it made it believable mm-hmm. you know before I just I would say it but it, it it wasn't I wasn't believing it yeah right and I'm sure with a lot of repetition it would have programmed my mind and you know all that but I needed something else I needed a little piece of that cookie. I needed yeah. a bite of that cookie. And um, that would make it real for me.
1: That's great. That's so you needed something to come along and convince you, right? So it helped convince you about this. And and that ties directly back to see we've come at this from all kinds of different angles, but we're we're saying we're saying the same thing in different ways in in hopes that it will resonate with people. Comes back to what we talked about on the first call about needing feedback, right? If you get feedback from your environment that jives with what you're believing, and especially helpful if it's a new belief, especially important, I should say, if it's a new belief, suddenly there's like this feedback loop that makes you think, oh, my God, this is, this is actually money, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got that quote, and suddenly the, suddenly it changed the way you looked at corporate sales, right?
0: It did. It totally did. And I remember one specific scenario was an account that my employer had never been able to break into. And I'm talking for 15 years. They had thrown all kinds of salespeople at it. Nobody could. They gave them to me. So you can imagine how terrified I was because mm-hmm. all these people who were better than me, supposedly, couldn't get in. So how, how would I be able to do it? I should tell the story in a different podcast, but I will tell you that I, I got an order. I got an order and it was like almost zero profit in this order so I you know we had to give it away it didn't matter it was the fact that in the history of this company nobody was able to get an order from this company and that opened the doors and by the way it ended up being a huge account for for my employer eventually um, wow. so but but I, that was the point when I was doing affirmations and that win gave so much more depth in to my in in effectiveness to my affirmations. Well,
1: wow, that's that's great. You know, I've heard you talk about um, the importance of a quick win before when when you're coaching people and um, I didn't know the the backstory, the reason for, for that. So that's that's really powerful. I can see now why you why you talk about that being so important. Ed.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this is there's a lot in here, Pete. And I, again, I urge people to go back and even even listen to the first uh, part of this uh, episode uh, from last week. I think this is something that is worth listening to a few times. I mean, just listening to you, some of these ideas are new to me, and it's going to take repeated uh, effort, repeated listens for, me, for it to really become internalized. So what what can you give us some ideas on how we can maybe approach some of this?
1: yeah that's that's a great first step i think um there's a lot in here and again to recap if you're just joining on this call we 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 came at this notion of of trying to do things in your life by looking within and you know call that spiritual getting you know spirituality or anything you you want but it has been the theme of these two calls and um There's a bunch of different questions you can ask yourself to do that. And so I would recommend that to to actually put this into practice. I mean, if you liked this podcast and you loved it, that's cool. But the next step is to put it into practice. Otherwise, you're not going to get any benefit from having spent, you know, a couple hours listening to this already. So I'd recommend you do three things. And the first thing is to whether you need to listen to the calls again or whether you already know just connect up with what question or what example in this call really resonated with you. That's what you want to take note of because there's something in that part of the discussion, which is the doorway to look within yourself. So that's the first thing I would do is to identify what really resonated with you from all the examples and questions we talked about. And then the next is to just to pat. and by quietly, I mean fully quietly turn the email off the phone, you're in your office or you're by yourself somewhere where you know you're not going to be distracted, remove all the temptations and just sit quietly and be honest about it. Ask yourself, why did this resonate so strongly with me? I wonder what it is about that. And just sit with that quietly. Don't have to engage and try and force the answer. Just sit with that. And number three is when you are doing that and, and, and beyond that, I even recommend this every day is to have a pen and paper with you. To write stuff down, it, it completely, it suddenly externalizes all that stuff that been, you've been carrying around. To get it down on paper is such a good release, and it helps you look at stuff a little bit objectively, and it helps you kind of say, oh, this isn't quite that big of a deal. I thought that this was going to be really something I could never change about myself. But now that I see it on paper, it's just, it's just this thing. I journal every day. Um, This is going to sound crazy, but I spend between one and three hours a day on either meditation or visualization or studying this stuff, reading or journaling. Day in and day out. And um, it's totally changed my life. I would never be without my journal and my pen because I'm recording what I am learning. And I'm putting notes down for myself. And it's really helped me completely change the way I approach my business and you know in my in my business my results you talk about quick wins and getting feedback really really show me that this is this is working so the journaling I think is essential
0: you know I I Couldn't agree more with you, uh, Pete. I I journal every morning and part of what it does for me, it's not so much, oh, something I can look back at or uh, it has nothing to do with that. It really gives a depth. It gives an idea depth because it forces me to explore it further and I will keep asking myself questions. Okay, so what is it about that? So Mm. and I type out the question and I go deeper and deeper and deeper and I get some insights that I wouldn't have gotten we all think, oh no. Well, if I think about it more, the insights will come, and they might. But this really accelerates that process, so I, I love that tip. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So, before you leave, I, I tell us a little bit about this this blog. And you know, this is the first time I hear this. I know you have something out there that's brand new. Um, tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, it's brand it's brand new. It's, it's expandyourself.com. dot com, um, and uh, you know I just I've I've had this notion that um, you know I've got books full of things that I've written and talked about, and um, and I just kind of feel like you know it would be. It's useful if it helps me, but it's 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 more useful if it's out there and helps other people as well. So the, the format that I'm um putting this together in is it is a blog. And so it just it's it's exactly that. It talks about this um this area, um, not to put a label on it, virtualization, personal development. But with a slant on um it's really a business slant. It's really for applications for people who are who are entrepreneurs or, you know, who have the who have the um, um, ability in their life to kind of set their own path or, or aspire to do that. So it's about... It's about the
0: High Income Business level. Writing Podcast we, um, is a production of B2B, of B2B Business about.
1: Launcher. Learn it's more cool. at b2blauncher.com. Um, um, it's, you know, it's one thing to listen to a podcast, but something that I read recently really... Really resonated with me, and it's by um, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he says the number one um, hindrance that gets that stops people in, in making changes in their life is actually making time to do this. So you can understand everything intellectually and agree with it and be like, yeah, this is awesome. But then actually making the time is what stops most people. And so I put a, um, I don't want to call it a meditation or a visualization. I don't want to like, you know, put a word to this. It's just, it's an audio track. It's, it's less than 10 minutes long. Um, but uh, I would encourage people to go and download it and you can listen to it. And if for nothing else, to just get into a space where for 10 minutes or so, you're just working on yourself and you're just, you're just looking within, and it it's it's it just guides you. Uh, it's my voice on it, and um, it's calm and relaxing. And um, uh, you know, it's just to help you get into that habit of 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 integrating it into your into your day to day life.
0: Oh, that's so. Where can we get that,
1: Pete? So I put it up on. Uh, so you can go to expandyourself.com forward slash. Ed Call. So, any of today's listeners can go and get that for free. And it's um, expandyourself.com forward slash
0: E D C A L L. We'll make sure to include that link in the show notes. Thanks for making that available. And I can see how effective that would be. You know, when, when you have something, it's audio, you can't skim it. So, it forces you to carve out that 10 minutes to, to really put this into practice. I, I, so, I, I love that.
1: Yeah, great. I hope people, uh, they choose to go there. will find it
0: useful. Pete, this has been so much fun. I mean, I know we'd, we'd have a good time, but, uh, we always do. For those of you who don't know, Pete and I've had like, you know, five hour, we had a, like a five hour dinner one time when we talked about this <laughs> stuff, didn't we? Like they're trying to kick us out of the restaurant. Uh, <laughs> so anytime we get to talk, uh, especially about this topic, um, it really is a treat. So thank you so much for being so generous with your time, for sharing these ideas with, with my with my people. And um, let's do this again at some point.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. It's, it's been a blast. Um, I hope it's served your, your readership, your listenership, and uh, I'd love to come back someday.
0: Well, folks, I hope these ideas resonated with you at some level. And uh, honestly, these are concepts that I'm just now beginning to truly understand for myself. And I really believe that just like the internet changed our lives forever, what, 20 years ago or so, our understanding and our applications of these spiritual laws of success over the next 20 years or so will change humanity forever. And I know that's kind of a... A bold statement and might seem like a really weird thing to say, but I really think this is going to be kind of like the internet or the printing press uh, was in human history and actually even more important and more impactful than those developments. My suggestion would be to go through this interview a couple of times and just take it one step at a time. So start with the ideas that ring true to you today. Especially if you're facing a challenge of this nature right now, where you're just really struggling and you feel like you've done everything you can. You've done your very best and you're still getting, not getting the result that you're hoping for. And if that means you only one thing resonated with you, only one thing rang true, start with that. That's fine. You don't need to accept or understand all of this. Start with where you are today. And go from there. I can tell you just a few years ago, 95% of this, or maybe 90% would have been either way over my head or just seemed completely way too woo-woo for me. Um, But I've I've grown and I've grown to understand some of these principles. And I'm at a place right now where most of this rings true to me today. So it's an evolution. You just have to start with where you are. Uh, I can tell you one thing, once you do, once you start accepting and practicing and asking yourself these ideas or these questions, you'll begin to understand why success as a business writer or really in any area of your life doesn't need to be a huge struggle. Again, you can grab the detailed show notes to this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 34. These are detailed notes and make great reference material, especially for shows like this one and the previous one, episode 33, for the first part of this interview. I wanted to let you know that we're going to be taking a break next week for the Christmas holiday, and I'll be back with you the first week of January with a brand new show also wanted to take just a few seconds to thank you for being a loyal listener and for all your wonderful feedback and encouragement this show has been in existence for only eight months but it has far exceeded my expectations in terms of the number of downloads the wonderful feedback and the impact in the lives of listeners and freelancers that it has made so Thank you so much. Thank you for being there. Thanks for spreading the word. Thanks for supporting the show. It means the world to me. This brings us to the end of the episode. I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thank you so much for listening. And if you celebrate any of the holidays, have a blessed holiday season. And I will see you back early in the new year. Take care, everyone. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business
1: Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.